See, the testicles, those precious orbs hanging down there, aren't just for show. Besides their role in reproduction, they have another secret function, storing urine. The balls act as these super convenient portable tanks where your body holds onto urine until it's time to release it. Look, I get it. It sounds totally bonkers. But trust me, I've done my research. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Anything can happen in the world of podcasting. You can, uh, <laughs> here we uh, go. Gosh, you can, uh, go ahead, go ahead. You can uh, rake me over the coals for my many failures. You can forget to start recording. <laughs> you can uh, uh, you can not record what was probably arguably our best episode ever. Uh-huh. And then our second best episode ever, after the fact, delete my vocal file. Yep. <laughs> All those I watched things, you do it. I watched I've, you do I've, it I've, like I've, a hot kid putting his hand on uh, the oven. Yeah. I've learned my lessons from all of those things. I hope so. <laughs> I hope the lessons would be less than Listen, a fucking... Man, 60... <laughs> 65 episodes. No problem. Three you're or sound, four. You sound a lot like Netanyahu here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we killed, we killed 10,000 civilians, but we got 60 bad guys. <laughs> it's the opposite, though. 65 episodes, no problems. Three or four. It be, I'm beating the average. Is what uh, you're I'm doing saying. better than you're doing better than the IDF. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your hit rates that a lot. Uh, my, uh, a lot goal. better. That's my goal. Is to beat the IDF. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Welcome to the show, everybody. It's 40 minutes of dogs barking. My name is Jason. This is Brian, my uh, Grand Inquisitor for the evening. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I'm going to atone for. Uh, all my podcast Free sins. What? <laughs> Free, Free Palestine, Palestine of what? what? Yeah. It's like, if I knew it was that easy to get away with in hospitals, I would have joined the IDF. <laughs> I mean, you just, they, just, I mean, they just give guns to anyone over there. You know, we think we think right. Texas is lawless. <laughs> yeah. But you want to yeah. be a guy from Long Island <laughs> with gout. <laughs> Who owns a successful dry cleaning Golan business? Golan Heights. Yeah, <laughs> you get a free gun, and you you don't like your neighbors, the guys on the other side of the fence. <laughs> now your kid's ball won't come over to the yard, right? <laughs> yeah, you just gotta think that what's going yeah. on yeah. in Israel and Palestine right. is next door, like times a million. <laughs> like I saw, I saw a guy walking down the street, and uh, I don't oh, think he yeah. has papers. Yeah. If Warsaw had next door, I think it's what the- Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, Hachi Machi. I know. Welcome to the show, Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Jesus show. We're Christ. starting out hot. Oh, we're coming hot in hot. To- we got something hot to start with oh, today. Oh, my God. We? Yes, we do. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Noble Dated Tastemaker Publication, Spin Magazine. Spin ceased um, magazine, a physical publication about 10 or so years ago right i want to say it was about 2013 2014 ish sounds right they publish like maybe i think three or four articles a month and most of them aren't worth reading and this is i think one of them yeah so (laughs) 
dated tastemaker. Dated tastemaker. <laughs> dated tastemaker. Spin magazine. Decided to write a piece on St. Louis. Why didn't Chuck Berry kiss a girl on the lips? Because oh, she smelt like piss. Oh. Anyways, history repeating itself. Once yeah. again, St. Louis, steeped in music lore, is emerging as a vibrant new music scene written by Daniel Schleffler. Huh. And uh, it is such a perplexing article for, for, baffling, yeah. for many reasons. The, the St. Louis music scene is, I, I would say politely right now, I say if you if it were getting kicked in the ribs, would be polite. Yeah. Uh, it, is, yeah. it is fucking grounded into the fucking dirt. There ain't really outside of the hip-hop scene and, like, what Bert's doing with his rooms and right. uh, what Taylor's doing with Midwest Music Punks. There really isn't a lot going on. It's like a handful. It, it's, it, yeah. it, this is like the... The creepy crawl days when the creepy crawl was like the only venue in town and they fucked everyone over that came through as far as that vibe. Okay. Like there's just really not a lot going on outside of a couple spheres, which is but now now ten years ago. Now ten years ago. Right. Oh, you you'd fucking have a coronary trying to understand everything that was going on. There was all this all these cool bands, mm-hmm. all of this this stuff going on. You know, there was there was actually music journalism. The RFT's music editor did something other than write weed reviews. Uh, <laughs> you know, um But like there was actually like music journalism. There was like a a vibe, a scene. Mm-hmm. There was something going on. Case in point, like Amel the Sniffers, right? So my understanding is that every single one of their shows on this U.S. tour they just completed, they wanted a local band. Guess which city didn't have a local band? No. St. Louis. Because really? there, no there ain't no fucking band in St. Louis that would have made sense. And if they did make sense, they'd probably be like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to leave Cherokee Street. You know, I don't, oh. you know, like they, they would be so worried about their cred. That they, but, they, but that's where St. Louis has gotten, particularly like the DIY, the, the, the smaller stuff. And they've gone back to this mindset is that if you play the five people, that is better than playing like a good show that like will get you good ink. That is like the St. Louis mentality of 20 years ago is no one shows up to my show. That means I'm doing real fucking art. And when people do showing up, I'm a fucking sellout. Like this is like this weird like Gen X like mid 1990s mindset. Oh, it's I'm coming like, back. Yeah. From all the foes I've seen from from Animal Sniffers tour, St. Louis probably had the tamest crowd. Like I see foes from Chicago. I see foes from like fucking middle of nowhere, like you know Texas or like Omaha or some shit. And like these kids are going off. And like St. Louis, it was there was some some dancing and some stuff, but like. You could tell there was a very different energy in pretty much every other city than you compared to St. Louis. But anyways, I'm rambling on and on. I know I'm bitching and I'm moaning. And I think this article does some some interesting stuff about explaining the history of music. Yeah. St. Louis. And it's it's part in the blues, the history of blues music. You know, you got Tina Turner, you got Ike Turner, you got Chuck Berry. Right. Miles Davis. Miles yeah. Davis. Uncle Tupelo, The Urge. I mean, they, they all get named. There's, all, there's this, all these yeah. really great bands, but... And there's this weird quote from Tom Papa Ray about the first time he heard Bo Diddley, he popped a Woody. Well, now, okay, I have since posted this somewhere, and Tom Papa Ray, since we are mutuals on Facebook, did say he was misquoted. Okay, He wasn't shooting hot ropes the first time he heard a black man play guitar? I think the phrase he used was not popped an erection, but it was like, I was aroused or something. 
which is which is, a, which is a very different it's a like different phrase it could, i mean we think of it in the sexual sense but like yeah. it is a it could be a very non-sexual yeah state of being and that's i think how he intended it at least based on what he has since said but um, yeah the, the the direct quote is i needed to go to the best record store in town to find an old timer who could tell me exactly what else makes this city so musically interesting Enter Tom Ray, a.k.a. Papa Ray, who is a professional DJ, not anymore, and owner of St. Louis's Vintage Vinyl, and he gladly told me the first time he heard Bo Diddley, it gave him an erection. So it's not a quote. That's what I have to... Sure. So he was, uh, he was misquoted. <laughs> what, what a boner of a misquote. <laughs> Somebody else that, that, that responded about this uh, did say that, like, man, this, this feels like really badly written. Someone uh, said that if it uh, if it weren't for the fact that KHX wasn't mentioned, it feels like something that would have been on KHX's website. Yeah, kind of. It gets two things right, I think, which is like we have a really small but vibrant hip hop scene going right. on right now. Right. And we do definitely have like a DIY scene that I guess they, I think they describe it as being like queer friendly. Mm-hmm. I used to only say it was weirdo friendly, but I guess, you know, I guess queer is the new way we say like weirdo in like a nice positive way which I guess I'm a little queer then, but uh, it is, is so perplexing it is a bizarre thing. And uh, I'm kind of, you know what? Uh, maybe it's a good thing that spin only has like four articles a month now. Anyone who knows anything and is doing all this research would have found information about KDHX and their recent struggles. And that sure. would have been a whole thing, a whole section in here, but it's not mentioned once. Well, I guess the Krasenberg Art Foundation, which is apparently the the Jewish conspiracy behind KHX. Oh God, yeah, I've heard this. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard people going absolutely ham about like people oh, going yeah. fucking QAnon about a yeah. community radio station <laughs> and flyover country. Yeah, the the Kranzbergs are you know the, are the new Rothschilds, I guess, in St. Louis. <laughs> the writer here ends with. Nikki Glazer, our St. Louis homegirl, just moved back here to bring her charm and creativity. I mean, Josephine Baker is from here. She's always winking as you come around a corner. And who wouldn't want that? The fuck? Where? I have not seen her. <laughs> I don't know what any of this is <laughs> On the is side of Vintage Vinyl, maybe. The, the mural, but I mean... The fuck is this, right? I mean, it's just... It's just it yeah. feels... I don't know. It's this so feels bizarre. Like, this feels like community college, like literary <laughs> journal. Kind well, now of I kind of want to see what else uh, this this person has written. Uh, a big uh, an article, just all caps. The title is "Gay Rap." <laughs> you know, I'm going to be clicking with, on that. With, uh, Lil Nas X, yeah. completely bedazzled in some sort of silver paint. Once it was unthinkable to be out of the closet in hip hop. Those days are over, baby. Did Daniel Schaeffler? Did he buy Spin? <laughs> As we all know, uh, as you know, all rap is hip hop, but hip hop is not only rap. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. God damn. This sounds like the shit I wrote like 10 years ago. Webster's Dictionary defines hip hop as <laughs> hip hop is hip hop is a land of contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queer rap is an act of rebellion. It is expression. It's empowerment. And it certainly is activism. And that, my friend, is political. Boy, that third paragraph starts off something fierce. Boy. Chills up my fucking spine. As a gay white boy growing up in apartheid South Africa. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Yowza! We got a live one here, folks. (laughs) Boy. Holy cow. Boy, the rest of that paragraph. 
that it could only go a couple they're, couple they're, different ways, and none of them. I don't even want to look forward. I mean, it's essentially that, like, hey, you know, I went to a bunch of clubs in Europe, yeah, and everybody was gay, and it was all good. Just like, what, but, the, hell? <laughs> what the hell is going on? I used to read Spin Magazine all the time. I had a subscription to that motherfucker. I had yeah. that, you know, they had uh, Chuck Klosterman before he became an asshole. Uh, you know, they had some uh, some pretty decent writing in there. They, they had some pretty great cover stories, at least, and apparently paid some photographers very well. Sarah LeWinton uh, was the, the big deal there for a while as the, sure. as kind of the New York gossip reporter there. Uh, Ultra Girl, that was her nom de plume. Yeah, Spin used to really have some. As you're skimming through this article here, like, it, yeah. it, you know, I think it has something to say, but man, that is such a rough start. Three paragraphs are really just making you bite your fucking fingernails in the first <sighs> sentence. Is this actually about gay rap or is this about you growing up as a as a gay white guy in South Africa? Because it kind of feels like it's the other way around. Are you a come town bit? Yeah. <laughs> the gay South African. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, any homosexual? <laughs> Any, uh, <laughs> I like the house music. Yeah. Oh, boy. Gosh. Gosh, we just sound like a bunch of big idiots right now. It's okay. We're from we're from the, the next hot music scene right. in St. Louis from an article written almost exactly 10 years after St. Louis started to decline from having a hot music right. scene. But you know what was really fun? Mm. When we all beat the shit out of line bikes. <laughs> that was that was one of those things that that brought St. Louis together that a sports championship could nothing. never. Yeah, nothing, nothing brought us closer than seeing line bikes and being like, oh, this is some like West Coast bullshit that's yeah. meant to like, oh, this is for rich white people and tourists yeah. and people they're going to make actually getting around the city really obnoxious. I'm just going to fucking beat the shit out of this and nail gun it to a fucking light pole. I saw a bunch of them. Get dumped in the river to pair. <laughs> <laughs> that was um one of the things I always wanted to do was just chuck one into the Mississippi. Because <laughs> I do remember the RFT writing a couple... Because that was one of the things the RFT loved to write pieces about. That yeah. and the loop trolley loop being trolley, a bad yeah. idea. Was that they would be like, yeah, we're on the line bike app. And there's a bunch of sensors there just in the middle of the <laughs> river. <laughs> no. I mean, I would see like a line bike like in like Forest Park. I'd kick it over. I remember seeing one out in the middle of nowhere by the Mississippi River in North County just absolutely <laughs> fucking beat the shit. Like, it looked like someone... It looked like in the field it was in that people just drove over it. Like, you just saw the line bike <laughs> it wouldn't off, surprise me, no. off the side of the road in some cornfield, and you're just like, I gotta hit this motherfucker. People fucking hated line bikes more than we hate the fucking Mets. The one time I did take a line bike... I had a white PT Cruiser that was always having problems constantly in the shop. So there's this auto body shop down the way here that that's my preferred place to go. So I drove the car down there to get something fixed. And then it's a bit of a walk from there to here. And so I said, well, all right, I'm going to try this out. This is new. I'm going to try this out. Got on a line bike. I made it to Tower Grove, the big roundabout. And I just ate shit on the line bike fucked up my arm like did all that and then just kind of was like you know what i'm good i can walk from here <laughs> i abandoned it <laughs> I, I abandoned it at the faust statue just like leaned it up there like i'm, I'm good did you know fucking paying to rent a scooter that's the, then gonna bail your ass out on the fucking concrete no thank you the one time i've been on one of those little fucking scooters was uh 
one time in Milwaukee, like at six in the morning. Okay. By like uh, right on the coast of like Michigan or where the fuck that is there. All right. Sunday morning, right after a holiday, like it is fucking dead quiet. And just like going up and down like these main streets and being like the only person. That was cool. But like also Milwaukee is a place that like you there's there's thing like it's it's a it's a city. Like St. Like Louis a is, a, is a proper city. St. Louis is a bunch of parking lots with homes and businesses in between. Okay. Do you disagree? No, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I was gonna say I think I'm like go on. <laughs> nothing, nothing. My brother used to say that there's nothing more in St. Louis likes than knocking down a good building and putting up a Walgreens in its place. Oh, absolutely. No sense of history. Nothing. Yeah, none of that. We don't. We don't ascribe to any of that. Shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. Fuck yeah. that. Oh, that 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 building is where uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln um, got got blumpkins. <laughs> knock that down. Put put in a fucking Coles. It's gonna close in two years. Yeah, <laughs> or a mall or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so uh, I think we've done enough shit talking. What do we got next? We got some cum talk. We do have some cum talk. This <laughs> talking talking about hot ropes. Talking about hot ropes. You're familiar with the Silent Hill franchise, I'm guessing, as you kind of grew a big up in fan that. of the first three games. Okay, so Konami made a series of weird decisions, not the least of which is that Silent Hill Ascension is going to be, rather than a playable game, is going to be a web series accessible only through the Silent Hill Ascension app that you, as the player, big quotes, the only actions you can take in the game are to vote on an outcome of a given conversation or action or whatever. It's the dumbest idea that I've heard in video gaming in a very long time. Yeah, jeez. So the fans, naturally, decided to... um, Fuck with them, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're using their what they call influence points, which are things that are you earn through doing goofy little puzzles, like a mobile game. It's real dumb shit. So you get these influence points, but you use the influence points not only to affect the outcome of the decision, but also to put things at the top of the live chat. And so a coordinated effort was made among users to do things like <laughs> because there was that Silent Hills uh, demo mm-hmm. PT, PT the playable teaser people are are posting to these chats that they want Hideo Kojima's cummy in their tummy <laughs> and the other ones are like uh let's see here this according to this uh, Kotaku article other chat participants requested pyramid to appear with big boing boing <laughs> and <laughs> and they announced they need pyramid head to impregnate me it started November 1st, and they've already turned off the chat because people were getting way too fucking horny in it. Here is the user at BobVids on Twitter organizing his streamers that are streaming the game along with him to pump Ruin up it. the Hideo Kojima coming in my tummy. There's also people in the chat, by the way, during this saying things like, Bill Cosby is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> You see, a pyramid head, he... So, Rudy! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... um. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I watched a video about how bad this is. This came up in my YouTube feed. Was it uh, Stephanie Sterling? I can't remember who it was. I just remember it was like one of those things where like, wow, this is really informative. I would never want to have a face-to-face conversation with the guy who's, who's doing this video. Oh, he okay. He seemed like very much like someone who... Uh, would have been like uh i hope the bonehead who did that got fired oh with the comic book guy yeah, yeah. 
it seems really fucking bad, but I, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what Silent Hill fans are expecting, because yeah. Silent Hill games have been bad for about twenty years. They've been bad for a long time. Yeah, I think except for what Shattered Memories on Wii, I think that might be the only, yeah. only good Silent Hill game past the original trilogy. I liked For the Room, but. I'm God, in the minority is, this, on this that. This is my I'm, scooped bagel. The thank fuck? You. I'm I'm in the minority on that. I understand that. I I realize that. You, you, you take your fucking escort quest swing mirror bullshit out of here. All right, fair enough. You're not going to get any argument from me. It had some bad points. I liked the atmosphere. I liked the the Giga influence. There was a bunch of things in it that elevated it above. I don't know. Uh, homecoming. Sure, I think there were some interesting <laughs> so, ideas, but you can tell it did not originally start out as a Silent Hill game. No, it really did feel like it was something else, and they kind of shoehorned Silent Hill in it, which did happen. I mean, I feel like Shattered Memories did that, too, honestly. Sure. I think 3 is... I, I think it's starting to get the proper recognition. As what, for, yeah, yeah. For what it was trying to do. I think Heather is a really great character. I think the voice yeah. actress, who was just like some lady that lived in Japan. Right. Like that is a lot of those voice actors were just like Americans that lived in Japan that did a little bit of voiceover work because like they knew a guy that worked at a TV station or something and they just need like an American to do like a voiceover or something for something like we need someone that can speak English. Right. Who's American or European or whatever. But Uh, this sucks. I mean, turning it into a web series. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's bad. Like this is this is like. The guy that did um, Between Two Souls or the fuck it, that guy. Beyond Two Souls. David yeah. Cage. It's a David That's Cage like, game, it's, yeah. It seems like some David Cage bullshit. Yeah, David Cage games are more interactive than this. <sighs> I sound like Yahtzee. Um, so, uh, speaking of Yahtzee, basically the entire video crew at the storied institution that was known as Escapist Magazine are all gone now. Pretty much everyone. So this company called... So is Yahtzee gone too? Yahtzee's gone. Mm. He quit in solidarity. He does not own the rights to Zero Punctuation. Zero Punctuation, for those of you who are not familiar, is a uh, is a gentleman named Yahtzee Croshaw, game dev, and just an all-around cantankerous bastard who who reviews video games in under five minutes. Very fast. Very fast. Usually, very funny. Usually funny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I, I think he's a funny guy. And, I don't always uh, agree with him. You know, sure. he's, he kind of gives the short shrift to like JRPGs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, he, he did like the Persona game. So I'm like, OK, maybe he doesn't have, you know, maybe he's not all bad. But I do look forward to his videos because he is he gets to the core of it. Yeah. He usually finds like something like weird or a mechanic that can that's fucky. And he's he's really good poking holes through it. He's also just funny. Just a, a decent, yeah. a, a decent writer. He writes in this super uh, stream of consciousness style and just kind of. But but he still bangs out you know a five minute video short sweet gets to the point so he was kind of the crown jewel in Escapist magazine they had a couple other series they had uh, Cold Take uh, three minute reviews there was a couple other ones where it was pretty decent uh, Design Delve there was a guy who yeah. worked for them who sat there and he broke down why a game was designed a certain way so that was kind of interesting but really it was yeah I mean Escapist magazine has for a long time been the Yahtzee Croshaw show. Yeah, got, got to be honest. The story behind it is a little vague. You know, a lot, not a lot of people have have come out explicitly with what happened. But the full list of people that were either fired or quit in solidarity is 
you know, it's 20-something people. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Yahtzee. Uh, Nick Calandra. Let's see here. Sebastian Rules, who goes by the name of Frost. Uh, Marty Silva, Jesse Schwab, up-and-comers that are, that are doing some great criticism. And just they just kind of said, eh, fuck you. That's unfortunate in so many ways. I was When you were talking about this, I was thinking about uh, like how game trailers kind of yeah. fucked up, got fucked. And, it uh, does feel like that. It feels like that. Uh, X-Play. I mean, like, I, I mean, people always say, like, well, video game journalists, you know, like it's not really journalism or like it's easy yeah. mode. And it's like, well, it kind of... I mean, like a lot of things like it got shit because someone who made big decisions who didn't who shouldn't have been making big decisions made it shit. Yeah. If you go back and you look at like Next Gen magazine or EGM back in like the 90s to early aughts. Oh, yeah. There's some really I mean, there's some actual like journalism there or at least Mm -hmm. stuff that's like well written and concise and thoughtful. Something that has the shape of journalism that may not actually be. Um, And (laughs) it's it's interesting. Like I'll listen to some podcasts. We'll have people that worked on EGM like in the in the heyday or like game players or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Or Xbox magazine and tell stories about being like, yeah, like I got flown out to, you know, this PSP vita thing where they put us on like a fucking yacht and <laughs> and drove us out into the middle of nowhere drove us out in the middle of nowhere to check out the P- the psp vita that was chained to like these booth girls like arms oh, and God. then you know getting fed like a four course meal on this yacht but like the guys from cnet it was uh they, they didn't eat any of the food because it would deal with it would blur up their ethics it, like the guidelines uh, yeah like, like Motherfucker, you're on a boat. What you're are off, you but, doing? But, but, but yeah. <laughs> there was some sense of integrity, and like this is like we try to do straight journalism with it, but like it's still work. It's still people. People still did like interesting stuff or tried to do interesting stuff, and like everyone, if you're writing about conflicts in far off corners of the world, or you're writing about the next best solid state hard drive, you should be able to at least make a decent living. Yeah, uh, like there should be some dignity in that. And a lot of people who have worked in video game journalism or in the entertainment side of it or, or whatever you want to call this in the website and the print side, a lot of them have gone out and they, you know, they have a Patreon now they have, right. They yeah. have a podcast. Yeah. Cause they're trying to parlay that kind of expertise into something else that can yeah, actually. And, and Retronauts is, is a really good example of that. I'm yep. sure there's others. And a lot of those people will be like, yeah, I really loved this industry. I loved working for these really great editors. But then, like, it got sold to some VC fucks and it went completely downhill. And that appears to be what is happening here. The Escapist was sold to a group called Gamers, G-A-M-U-R-S. In doing so, they said, well, you know, we need to fire certain staff. And they fired one guy, and that led to a chain of 20 people going, you know what, fuck this. And good on them. They started a new group called Second Wind. Originally, it was called Escaped the Escapist, but they changed. And like, well, we don't want to make our whole brand that we're not them, even though people at Defector did exactly that. Sure. Yeah, it has that same ring of it. Like, just, we're just, fuck it. We're doing it ourselves. Yeah. We're not, you know. Oh, fuck, man. I think about how many people like wrote for 1UP. Right. That are doing yeah. all kinds of different things. Our um, U.S. Gamer. Well, I mean, our, our former guest, Ed Zitron, you know, he wrote for, uh, he wrote for uh, a British gaming site whose name escapes me now but gaming games radar hi this is jason from the future ed zitron worked for a site called Eurogamer. we apologize for the interruption we now return to the omegle episode already in progress 
<laughs> he wrote in those early 2000s kind of days, and it was the industry itself that made him go, you know what? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be in this situation. I'd rather do X, Y, or Z, and then that led him to PR. And so, thankfully, he got out. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. people like that. And I'm, I'm assuming it's happening at Escapist too, because these twenty or so people that, you know, quit in solidarity or whatever. There's plenty of other people that didn't. You know, there's writers and you know people who do video or whatever it is. And I really hope they get out. I hope they can move on to something better because this seems like it's going to be really bad for a lot of people yeah i um i don't see websites and journalism in any form i don't see it getting any better unfortunately that's really sad on a lot of different fronts um right there's lots of talented people out there with different passions and different insights and viewpoints and we don't get to really experience them in the same way that we would have we really 10, don't. 15 years no. ago no unless you're already a name it's very hard to make a name now yeah that's the big thing and so uh stephanie sterling one of my favorites from from way back in the day uh still around still after she's wrestling now huh. uh so she goes under the 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 wrestling name commander sterling um, i like that but uh she does say the best sites were built off personalities that drew audiences and this is kind of where where we're kind of dovetailing there corporations hate that because they think, quote, the brand should be the draw, not individuals with their own opinions and ideals. This is why they believe AI can replace their staff. The brand is what matters. She continues, these ignorant fuckwads fail to understand that the brand was built by the very people they ousted when they bought said brand. It is like they have a curse out of a Greek tragedy doomed to see the value of things but never the context of why they are valuable and that is absolutely true yahtzee's relationship to the escapist is the epitome of you need me more than i need you and i've said this it's basically been the zero punctuation show over there for years and years and years the site just scored the biggest own goal in games media by losing him and by all accounts, they deserve the L. And we know that Stephanie Sterling has no problem calling out bullshit when she sees it. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. God bless. But also, Yahtzee himself posting, Today, I formally resigned from the Escapist and Gamers. I don't have the rights to zero punctuation. But whatever happens, you'll be hearing my voice again soon in a new place. And then he links to the Discord for what is now Second Wind. So, um, bless up. Good luck to you, Yachts. We got you back here in the Midwest. I don't know if that means anything, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, trying to make it in any I, kind of media is. I hope he's not drowning his sorrows at his gamer bar. Well, <laughs> is that still open? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, Mana Bar was that it? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, Mana Bar was. <laughs> oh no, Mana Bar was. Let's see. Uh, Five years. Okay. I went from t- uh, March 2010 to May 2015. That's, that's pretty good. I, was, I wasn't even aware that was a thing. That was news to me. I was like... Yeah. Well, I was I was really unemployed <laughs> a lot in the late, <laughs> late aughts. So you're just reading up on it. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. Now we're really... Now we, I feel like we've, we've gotten through all the lighthearted yeah, stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, going, we're going dumb again. Two separate posts this week on Twitter... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just what's going on from Magic Farts F A R T C <laughs> Posting Expert Two 
what's going on? <laughs> Which is a very Felix Biederman. What's, what's going on? What, what, what's up, dude? Yeah. What's up, man? So the first uh, post from a user, Ella, uh, at Ella underscore girl. Please do not look up these accounts. These people are horrible. Suppose you have a 13-year-old child dying of a terminal illness, and their final wish is to lose their virginity before they die. Is it ethical for the Make-A-Wish Foundation to hire them a prostitute? This is a poll. This is a poll. Can I I read read the the selections here on this poll? (laughs) Yes. Selection one, yes, any prostitute. (laughs) Selection two, yes, but only a child prostitute. Selection three, yes, but only an adult prostitute. (laughs) And selection four, no. No. So, so Jason, I gotta ask you, which one would you pick if you were a dying child? I don't know. This is <laughs> anything I say. Can it's all bad, man. Court of law. It's all. It's all bad. This is all none of this. Because if you, because even if you say no, right? You say so that kid. The kid doesn't deserve the fuck. The dying child doesn't deserve the finger pop. For the first time, reading the last time. God damn it! No, I. You know what? You're a monster no matter what you There's choose. There's no good answer. It yeah. just depends on how hard the devil is going to stick his <laughs> fucking pitchfork in your side. And then the second one here. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. From Richard H- Hanania. This guy. This guy. Apparently is, is a hu- massive piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. This is not the first time he's been featured on this show. And Miles, the last time we had Miles on, I had one of his ridiculous hypotheticals come up. And Miles even said... You know, this guy is a piece of shit that, you know, it's kind of uh, so I, I feel Let's say Jeffrey Epstein wants to have sex with a 14 year old girl and will pay her 10 million dollars. OK, he would never do that. He's a cheapskate. So he would never. <laughs> that's number one. But go on. <laughs> the money will go into a mutual fund that will pay out when she's 21. The girl agrees, as both do of her parents. Should this be allowed? And are you male or female? This should not be allowed, period. I mean, that's just... There's a lot of stuff to hear that's just hurting me mentally. But the fact that he wanted a representative sample and then divided, okay, yes, I'm male, no, I'm male, yes, I'm female, no, I'm female. And the fact that per Twitter's metrics, as of the 6th of November, I have not pulled this actual post up. This is just a screenshot. Yeah, but as of that time, it had been viewed 150,000 times, 9,509 votes, almost 10,000 people saw this and was like, I need to make my opinion known on this matter. (laughs) Again, first of all, Jeffrey would never do that. Yeah, he was notoriously fucking cheap. Yeah, that was kind of the whole thing. The whole whole thing. (laughs) It's. You'd have to say, like, well, she has to supply him with 20 of her friends. That's, you know, anyway. <sighs> but let me ask you this. $10 yeah. million dollars in a mutual fund maturing for, uh, for you know, seven for years. Seven so. years. Okay. <laughs> maturing. Yeah. Well, maturing well, is a great word to use here, by the way. I love that. Oh, oh what a fucking day. Uh, <laughs> what a fu- <laughs> You know, I mean, that's pretty good. Is it worth the trauma? No, no, no God damn it! I would say the prop is the 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 fact that this is a question that has some sort of weight, or someone presents 
was some sort of it being poignant. Yeah. There's some weight to this. There's there's some statement behind this that I would say that that is a sign of a world that has gone. I would say permanently askew. Yes, there is something really fucked up here. That that we that this is even something we that could be entertained straight faced. I would say is is uh, uh, fucking pools closed. Yeah, it's fucking it's baffling. I I, I only really brought that up because it was. Um, oh hey, it was absurd. One of my, one of my mutuals. Yeah, B- yeah, bucket death. death. Okay, he found this video, <laughs> and the post is. Bro is shredding on the doohickey. You got to hear Dude, this. He's he's good at at finding these videos. Sounds like a Sega Genesis game. Yes, like Tur- Toe Jam and Earl. But yeah, it does. It, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I have no idea what this instrument is that he's fucking with. And in front of him is a gigantic patch bay, and it's all patched to hell. And so um, he's got a modular synth set up. He's got um. I think it's a looper that Boss makes that mm. I've seen a lot of people use. I'm not really familiar with it because it seems it, it reminds me too much of like DJ equipment. Yeah, um, well, because there's I've, definitely a mixer. There's a couple other things. Well, that that's actually uh, that's actually a Novation Peak synthesizer. Uh, they they're really neat. They're really complicated. Oh, though. okay. So you've got a loop, which I think that's where the drum beat's coming from. You've right. got this huge fucking modular synth setup i mean it's it's like a 64 u dealy i mean it's not yeah huge. i mean it, it probably costs like what he's got right there probably costs like fucking like four or five grand because that shit's always ridiculously expensive at least if not more than yeah we're just gonna yeah. assume that yeah uh so that's a pretty extensive setup to make like iowa <laughs> fart sounds <laughs> yes well and he's blowing into what appears to be some sort of wind instrument it's it looks like it's made out of that game or that uh, nintendo 64 purple plastic yeah <laughs> it's it's neat i I've, i know um like roland i want to say made something like that that was like a wind instrument but it was digital you know you know fucking roland made like a fucking digital accordion one time I have not heard of this. No, this yeah. is news to me. That's bizarre. That was one of those things where I worked at Guitar Center that I saw in a uh, promo catalog. I was going like to say, a, did you guys carry it? But no. It was no, I mean, you probably got special order it. Sure. But no, you could not. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't walk I, into the store. I don't think you go into a store. There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot. There was a lot of stuff that was, that was made that you weren't ever probably going to see in a store. But uh, you could special order it. And yes, the, the digital accordion. Yeah. Just absolutely ridiculous thing, but yes, bro is shredding on the doohickey. I've been bumping that all week, man. That shit is that's my jam. I love that shit. It's just so wet and weird. I love it. And then we got <laughs> Eve Fartlow back in the news again. God, the Jews are tired. I was a progressive, she says. I believe in the rights of all, including Jews. The latter got me tarnished with labels. The anti Semites went to lengths, they made fake tweets by me to. Prove that I'm a racist, a turf, an Islamophobe, an ableist. They gave me a hate name, Eve Fartlow. Leon, a mutual here, hits him with the old GBS classic, you don't have to sign your posts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you. Because anytime somebody ends it with like asshole or something like that, you're just like, well, you don't have to sign your posts. Hit, hit her with the old uh, sign her ass, fucking rack them. Uh, Juniper, of course, chimed in on the very same tweet. 
they gave me a hate name is so good because that's on the same level. <laughs> Sorry. So it's all right. That's on the same level of hate as you making a typo in a group chat and everyone roasting you by simply repeating that typo. <laughs> was, was, was the Grink there? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a running tally where I work. We communicate mostly through Slack and I'm a fast typer, but I have make, I make mistakes. And so anytime there's a typo that I post in Slack, I change the channel topic to whatever the, the whatever the typo was. Just so like, you know what? Yeah, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way real quick. Because, yeah, that, that Juniper's actually right. Um, I'm sorry. The Juniper's Jun- bot? Excuse me. Juniper's bot. bot? Excuse me. It's amazing. It really what, what is they're accurate. able to do with AI these it's Fantastic. Days. We're going to go a little long this week because a lot of shit happened. Chuds of TikTok. I've I've heard of this. I have not <laughs> posted I have not listened to this, it. which uh, the post itself just says: Before you watch this, you need to understand that this is one hundred percent a real music video put out by Jordan Peterson. Is truly not helpful. Is truly not helpful. With his assurance, nothing's real. Call me pig. With his assurance, nothing's real. Yeah, so that was not the entire video. What that was the only the two-minute long I, sample. I know it was like, it was postmodern drinking song or something. <sighs> I really don't understand it, to I be honest. I, that is baffling. <laughs> this, this, it feels like I was watching a student film created by people that only ever seen Rec Room for a Dream. Right. And like, dude, where's my country? Or Tim and Eric. Something just felt really like there's something really dark, a really dark energy going on here. Yeah. That really was like, I felt was really encapsulated with a lot of media like post 9-11. I mean, really, he's airing out some really specific beefs he have with like other philosophers, calling them out by name. Like, I don't even know who half these people are that he makes reference to. Yeah. Because they're probably like Canadian politicians or people that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recognize. Doctors that won't refresh his uh, benzo script. <laughs> yeah, this does feel like a, a record that somebody barred out would make. You said you were holding. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you said you were holding. I, oh, God. Oh, I'm going to piss on you like I were a lobster. <laughs> so are you familiar with the TikTok personality Molly Moon with two N's? I am, yeah. You know that uh, she does uh, porno too, right? She does porno and she does really good, weird, early FMV PC game like mm-hmm. horror stuff. like uh, Point and click adventures, Mist style. Well, maybe not Mist style. What's but... um, the one that had the HR Geiger art? Not Alone in the Dark. Hold on. Dark Seed. Dark Seed, yes. Dark Seed 1 and 2 are yes. really fucking bizarre. Like, very Dark Seed-ish. Well, an announcement was made today that Airdorf, Molly Moon, Jesse Cox, Slimy Swamp Ghost, some real heavy hitters are coming in to make a Molly Moon game. So they're going to be doing comboing FMVs and all this stuff. Trevor Henderson, the uh, the Siren Head guy. Announcing tomorrow, so by the time this episode airs, That's it will cool. already be out. This, yeah, th- this makes up for the fact that the follow-up to uh, Night in the Woods is never going to come out because Scott Benson's heart is bad. Hey, um, hey, uh, you know, uh, bless ups to Scott. Hope, yeah, hope uh, it 
that just sucks because obviously the guy, if you read his Twitter feed and if you play his games, has a really big heart. And uh, that shit sucks. Yeah. And I hate the thing. Like, I wish your heart didn't suck so you could make a thing that I could consume. Yeah, that but, does um, that does feel kind of bad, doesn't it? Like when you're like, sure, eh. but it's more just like I want more experience, more of that individual's creativity. But this is this is the upswing of like, okay, there's going to be the Molly Moon game is going to come out, and that's probably going to be a real fucking. I'm fucking excited. Show. I know. Yeah. I know. Airdorf has made some amazing stuff, and obviously, Slimy Swamp Ghost doing the art is going to be something else. I mean, like. And she's got a bunch of bonkers ideas to begin with. So, like, you combine those people. It feels good. feels like it's going to be a thing. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to do a demo sooner rather than later. But speaking of porno, though, you know, Molly Moon does occasionally do an adult scene for her OnlyFans. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson <laughs> admitted in an interview you that sure he... sure it's not Huge Johnson? Hey-o. Uh, <laughs> that's or Hugh... Big Johnson. I was going to say, that's, that's Hugh G. Rection. <laughs> Mike Johnson admitted that he and his son monitored each other's porn intake. Now, this, of course, was from last year, but it was resurfaced when Mike Johnson won the votes for being Speaker of the House. So, um, <laughs> Crank T. Nelson here with probably the best putback that I've seen about this issue. Everything else aside. Imagine being a 17-year-old boy and your dad tells an entire megachurch of people that you've never jacked off. <laughs> because, yes, the quote in the article itself, I'm proud to tell you my son's got a clean slate. And I, I, I got to imagine 17-year-old boy, he's figured out a way to not be monitored. Yeah, the, the first response is, my dad doesn't know what incognito mode is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, the, you know, it's funny, the, that fucking drugger kid, Josh Drugger. Yeah. He had one of those things on his computer. Yeah. Now he got around as he created a, a second partition on his hard drive. Mm. Ah. And that's a classic. That, that goes a classic yeah. move. And so he could download his child pornography. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, f- yeah, I'm I'm not so impressed. Yeah. <laughs> if I read or see something like that, it's like ah. You just didn't get caught. You just didn't get caught. But <laughs> yeah, this 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 guy uh Mike Johnson sounds like a real fucking piece of work. Yeah, I'm kind of getting that idea. He sounds like a real pecker checker at the urinal. You know oh, saying? absolutely, yeah. Real, uh, let me see your fingernails. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a new one. I'm... You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Well, Yuga Labs is in trouble yet again because they fucked up. <laughs> I can't even. Okay, you know the story, right? You know what happened. Because Yuga, Yuga Labs, Yuga Labs has kind of pivoted to almost being like a weird social club now. Yeah. Um, because the NFT, their value is completely cratered. They had a event in Hong Kong. Yeah, Ape Fest. And the lights that they were using for the the rave or whatever for the, whatever live performance they had were apparently so powerful that they um. There's they 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 gave people like skin conditions and blind temporary blindness because basically the UV light it was that was pumping out was so powerful it was like direct sunlight yeah focused and I'm gonna tell you something I've I've worked enough shows I've set up lights for small things and I remember I want to say it was fucking trapped okay of all fucking bands <laughs> played okay. an under an undersell and I helped them set up some of their extra lights. <laughs> and I remember the singer was wearing a leather jacket. 
Uh-huh. I thought that was like, that's a little weird. Why is he wearing a leather jacket? And then I realized I was watching him perform and some of these side lights that they had were so strong that when they would like shift over and if they were, they hit him, he would start smoking. Oh my like, God. It was actually like one point in time, like I saw smoke coming off the arm of his leather jacket. <laughs> I was like, how many guys do you get like different lights? Yeah. Well, apparently, according to uh, Fenarium Labs, did a little research and found out that the lights they used were specific ones from Philips that are UVC lights. UVC being the kind of light that you would use to sterilize a hospital room. Okay. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding No! Me? He went through and he, he he kind of figured out, okay, well, if this is happening, it has to be X spectrum, because this guy's sure. like super science nerd. And he's like, okay, well, looking at this photo, it looks like... He went back and was like, yeah, this Philips model is UVC. And UVC, very bad for your skin and eyes. It's a condition that is called, let's see here, photochoresis. Uh, or phi- Yeah, something like that. So, and it took them days to come out with a statement, Board Ape Yacht Club. I feel a little bit bad for these guys. I I do too. I mean, you've already. I mean, it's really it, there's some it's some fantastic Schadenfreude. Also, like just because I think you're a huge dumbass doesn't mean I think you deserve to be blinded in right. Hong Kong or right. some weird rave thing because you have an eight pitcher. Phil writing here. Having now had a chance to look at the likely culprit, assuming a repetition of the previous incident, all I can say is, you completely irresponsible fucks. (laughs) I'm having flashbacks to yelling at Naomi Wu for an irresponsible deployment of germicidal UV designs in 2020. So he goes on to describe the different bands of UV, UV A, B, and C. You know, any wavelength shorter than 100 nanometers is ionizing radiation. The fun for that is looking at the bulb's emission spectrum. It's primarily a UVC emitter, but that's not all it does. It's also a UVB and A emitter, but those are a much lower percentage. We don't usually talk about UVC much because we normally refer to it as UVC as germicidal UV. Oddly enough, it gets also referred to as skin-safe UV because your dead layer of skin is enough to stop it from getting into your germinative skin cells, but not your eyes. This particular lamp is meant to be mounted in a sterilization unit, the kind of thing where you wheel it in to a surgical suite, shoo the humans out of the room, lock the door, and run it for an hour. As noted earlier, and attested to by victims of two incidents at the same damn club, UVC will scorch your cornea with photokeratitis which is a fancy way of saying sunburn of the eye. If you have snow blindness, that's UVB. If you've had welder's flash, that's UVC. Yeah, not good. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, oh, yeah, if you're doing welding, here he continues, we give you protective eyewear for a reason, except at a club, this is an out-of-context problem, all caps. It shouldn't be there. Really well written. If you want to look that up, there that's a f- fun radium. I can't imagine today. fucking up that bad. There is a level of fuck up. Yeah, just... I feel like that level of fuck up really just feels like. You, do you own a bar in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> right. Gosh, there's a, there's a, a, apparently some property on Cherokee Street and a Takashimi factory or whatever the fuck ooh, it's called. Ooh, boy. Uh, apparently is 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 no longer open. Oh boy. 
I'm putting you through your your paces there. That's fine. That's fine. The last episode and this episode. <laughs> I, you know what? I do my best work under pressure. So here's a <laughs> Board Ape Yacht Club. The post opens with apes. We are aware of the eye-related issues that affected some of the attendees to ApeFest and have been proactively reaching out to individuals since yesterday to try and find the potential root causes. This is three days after, by the way. Based on our estimates, we believe that much less than 1% of those attending and working the event had these symptoms. I'm sorry. People got fucking welder flash in their eyes from attending this. Here's uh, Ed Zitron reposting some people. To all my friends who suffer now, go get your eyes checked. You've likely most literally got your eyes burnt with UV like I did, which requires medications, eye drops, eye protection, antibiotics, and specialist care. Do not ignore this health hazard. Without proper treatment, it may cause long-lasting vision impairment and other serious damage. To the organizers, for the communication and awareness reasons, it would be fair to put together an official statement, as dozens of people you care about were exposed to serious health hazards and a lot of suffering. You're good guys. Questionable. Just FYI, another poster says, if you got your eyes burned at the Yuga event, you need to seek medical attention. I know it's really funny, and Yuga hasn't said anything, but you might actually go blind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from a person with a Milady avatar on yeah. Twitter. Crypto finally. The, the Milady avatar with the McDonald's hat. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like, like <laughs> I, I haven't picked, been able to really pick it up, but I feel like the Milady's people are like the most black pilled like crypto folks. Yeah. That's the vibe I've always gotten. No, that, that's, that's fair. Here's Ed again. Spending $100,000 on one of 10,000 monkey pictures to blind myself in an exclusive and shitty concert in Hong Kong. What a fucking time to be alive. Now, Yuga Labs themselves in hot water. Just days later, Yuga Labs social media team lead resigns after racist and anti-Semitic tweets resurface. No fucking way. <laughs> no way. No way. Now, this here, of course, Web3 is going great. The great Molly White. One might think that a social media lead might have a grasp on his own social media accounts and might have scrubbed damning tweets made only shortly before they began their position. One might also think that a company embroiled in constant racism accusations might be cautious about screening its employees. Neither of those things happened. And someone dug up vile tweets by Spenz Salahu, better known as NGBX Spend. Salahu resigned shortly after the tweets came to light, writing that they had, quote, become a distraction from the Board Ape Yacht Club and what we're all about. And it feels like that is exactly what you're all about, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. And the last bit of crypto scam of the week, Brian. Indian police arrest eight more in 300 million crypto scams. Four cops are among those arrested while the operation's alleged kingpin, Subhash Sharma, remains at large. Eight new arrests have been made in India, where a $300 million crypto scam that duped around 100,000 people continues to unravel. Four cops arrested. Victims of the Himachal Pradesh scam include 5,000 government officials and 1,000 police personnel, according to investigations. The scam came to light late September, but may have begun as far back is 2018. Ooh. Wow. Got him roped into KRO coins or Corbio. Several other cryptocurrencies reportedly through fake websites. 
with at least one being subject to a rug pull where the project was abandoned after people had already purchased the token. This scam appears to have gained unprecedented legitimacy because it involved police personnel. 56 complaints filed with police stations in the past two years, multiple agencies getting in there. And yeah, 18 arrests so far. But this guy, the guy who's at the head of it, Subhash Sharma, at large, they got his properties. They seized his properties. Coindesk here reporting, by the way. Just a a shit show. That's fucking crazy. I remember hearing a little bit about this a year or two ago. Yeah, India is very much so a Wild West for crypto. I think it's tightened up over the last couple of years. There is uh, a bit of racism in crypto that a lot of people that that scam and fuck up projects and kind of like ruin whatever fun there is to be had in crypto, if you want to call it fun. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, that most of those people are from India and there's some really disparaging uh, names yeah. that are used for that. It is always really weird to find out that some scammer or whatever is, is oh, when he gets doxxed, like, oh, actually, is a guy from India. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, oh, damn it. You know, like, God damn it. It's usually, it's usually either a guy from like West, Northwestern Africa, a chav from the UK, or some dude that like works at a store in India. Like, that's just like, it's just a guy that works at a store. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just some dude. But on the scale of something like this, it's just, God, a thousand different cops. Again, cops all around oh, the world, well, generally not the brightest. All but bad. Cops are bad. Yeah. You get no argument from me. You know what? If I were a child and I had Make-A-Wish Foundation, okay. I, think, I think my wish would be... <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot us an email for you, Mrs. Dogsbarking at gmail.com. Let us know what you would do. Hey, if you're a <laughs> you want me to shoot you... <laughs> Because you, you, uh, you made a bad investment on a boat you bought off Craigslist. <laughs> and you realize that the... Told you not to buy that boat, Gary. Um, so... The only day greater than buying a boat is when you have a child off of Craigslist. You and that to get out of the debt you created by buying the boat. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> I'm just like trying... I'm just, I know. Uh, now I'm thinking like the end of Watchmen. Yeah. Do it! <laughs> Do it! <laughs> Instead of arguing over of like whether or not they should, people should know that their cause for peace is is actually an elaborate hoax or scam. It should be about buying a, buying a boat. boat. <laughs> the Watchmen were about buying a boat. <laughs> this marina fears me. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it. I sold it thirty five minutes ago. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just you fucking sold the boat. <laughs> smartest man on earth. The smartest man on earth sold the boat. <laughs> when he found out Janie sold his boat, you could tell he was basically crying. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> September 1965. I'm selling a boat. <laughs> I'm buying. It is 1965. I am buying a buying boat. A boat. <laughs> so we gotta take it down for just a second because it is. Uh, it is a a bit of a, a downer. The Our world is topic. losing one less place to jack off on the internet. That's true. And so. <laughs> Our main topic tonight is the website Omegle, which just today announced they were closing shop for good. For those of you not familiar with Omegle, 
I'm sorry, folks. You're going to have to go back in real life and ask teens to show you their feet. <laughs> but it was a, a free web-based online chat service that would connect you with a random stranger. Essentially, they would put you in a one-on-one chat with your video on, and you would interact with this person or not. You had the option, either one of you had the option to skip or go to the I can't remember what they called it, but yeah, it was like, go to the next go to the next one or find me another match or something. That's all it really was. It was, you know, you couldn't really necessarily save the videos. It was meant to be a very disposable moment. It was, you know, it's like prank calling someone. You randomly get somebody on the phone or something, something like that, to where the owner of the site, the guy, this guy Leaf, who created the site, envisioned it kind of like walking down the street. This was his words, like walking down the street and randomly interacting with a neighbor. Well, of course, nature of the internet, your neighbor in this instance could be guy jacking off. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. More often than not, it was a guy jacking off. a guy off. jacking off. <laughs> yeah. It was most certainly a guy jacking off or board college students. Board college students. Every once in a while, there'd be a fun one. There'd be somebody who's like playing guitar or something and be like, right. But those were so rare. Most of the time, yeah. It was, What's the, how long, really, how long was it going to take for that guy to put down the guitar and start no, just, jacking yeah. off? <laughs> hey, that's great. You like that song? Here, check out my dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. You ever seen one of these before? Yeah. <laughs> i never seen one. You heard you, you, you read about this? You hear <laughs> it's called my ball. Do you have a theme? This is called my, my theft. It's it got a, burned in the my, accident, but it looks better my, now. This is my boy milk comes out. <laughs> Anyways, uh, boy. I'm just going to start putting uh, paper clips on my prick here. He's <laughs> St- stacking them up. So, yeah, it was created by, by uh, Leaf K. Brooks. Stacking them up? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you stack? No, you, you put the you, you use the paper clips to, to pinch your skin because you're an impure, lustful beast and you need to be punished. Right, I forgot about that. All right, so <laughs> this, dumbass. <laughs> well, you know, I don't. I, it's been a long while since I've done that. I'm never gonna get to this. So this site was created by an 18 year old guy named Leaf from Vermont, 2009 when it started. I didn't realize it had, it had been around for 14 years. For some reason, it felt like an artifact of the older internet. It felt like that kind of experiment that you would see. Now, I'm sure Chat Roulette it was the other one, if I remember correctly. But I always felt like Chat Roulette was a lot hornier. Chat Roulette was a lot hornier. Did I tell you about the time I goat seed? <laughs> Ice tea? No! I thought I talked about this when we did goat seed. You may have. It's been, I, I don't recall so, this. So in Chat Roulette, I would run this video that was uh, kind of an inside joke on the fizz forums on something awful that was a video of a guy that was day drunk and absolutely fucked up off of one four loco in the early days of four loco. And he is oh, just yeah. a video of him like sitting on his front porch just being like, man, I'm, I'm fucked up. And he like, like put on like, you know, uh, like, uh, bone thugs and harmony and stuff like it. Okay. The dude is just going through a moment. It's a great video yeah. uh, of just like an early bit of uh, YouTube weirdness. Yeah. Uh, just a guy decided to upload a video of him getting absolutely fucking shit face like on like. Yes. Like he that. was off on a Tuesday. He heard about this Ford Loco. <laughs> right. You got to get in. So there. I would lure people in with that video mm-hmm. and people would be like, 
where it's daytime like where is he where at? are you and he's not yeah. paying it you know people are asking the guy questions okay and then of course boom go ass okay and one time it was iced tea and his wife coco and what fucks me up about it is there is a photo that was used as a wallpaper at one of the computers at why well, i worked at whole foods that had the exact same it was of iced tea like wearing like some night vision goggles or some shit uh-huh it was like from a like a Call of Duty, the the expensive version, like the the collectors edition. Oh, we only okay. made five hundred of these things, and uh, they all they all break. You know, they get like the RC car or whatever, and it's like the same lighting. Oh no! And I was like, oh god, that really <laughs> that really and was him. Like, yeah. He's just like, man, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? You drinking? And I'm like, oh oh god, they're gonna lose interest. And so I just went to go ask, and he's like, oh that's nasty. <laughs> And like, and he, him and his wife laughed for a second and then went on to something different. Right. And I'm like, I can't believe I just goat seed iced tea. That's amazing. No, I, I don't think I've ever you heard that, that story. Yeah, it is probably the coolest. I've never heard that story. That's amazing. So people did use chat, uh, chat roulette and Omegle for yeah. those types of pranks. A big, big thing on there. Prior to 2013, the site did not censor through a profanity filter. Users had said there was a lot of nudity, a lot of people jacking off, right? They then implemented monitored video chat, which was supposedly, you know, we're going to protect people under 18. People could get around the bands pretty easy. There was questionable content basically all the time. Yeah. And, you know, state and local law enforcement constantly were like, eh, don't, don't go on Omegle, don't, you know, don't go this. A lot of alt-right people really liked it because they could show up on someone's feed and then just be like spamming the n-word or you know stuff about the oh, yeah. jews or you know uh pools clothes pools clothes yeah uh, you yeah. know that goes back well beyond omega though pools clothes goes to have a hotel anytime you run a website and your wikipedia page has a section labeled child pornography you it's not good <laughs> and so 2019 in oregon former user who became a victim of child sex exploitation. The 11-year-old plaintiff in 2014 logged on, encountered a Canadian pedophile who blackmailed her into sexual slavery for several years. Per NPR, Bill Chappell writing for NPR here saying, um, the headline, video chat site Omegle shuts down after 14 years and an abuse victim's lawsuit. So this is the same lawsuit mentioned when contacted by NPR, the woman, meaning the, the victim here in this case, his attorney declined to offer a response, saying the legal team would, quote, let the shutdown speak for itself. Uh, so, yes, the, the victim there, identified only as AM, sought $22 million in damages in her lawsuit. Now, her lawsuit does not allege that Omegle itself is responsible for her victimization. The young woman identified as AM. Mm-hmm. The evil AI from I Have No Mouth. No, I must no. <laughs> Harlan Ellison at it again. <laughs> so. he, keeps, he keeps making the hits, even though he's been dead for like 10 years. Um, Hating women till the very end. Till the very end. Yeah, it was... There's a phrase here, and it was like... It, it's essentially like a duty not to harm is what is what the lawsuit specifically refers to in this case and saying like, yeah, there was no enforcement of this rule or that rule. And, and because of that, this groomer made contact with me and then all this other stuff happened. 
Yeah, it says plaintiff aims to redirect the harm caused by the abuser and overlooked for years by her parents at Omegle. That's what the Omegle lawyer says. Now, they did say the AM voluntarily provided her contact information to an otherwise anonymous source and noted that while their initial connection was made during a text chat on the site, the abuser used other means like email to acquire exploitative material. Yeah. So they're saying essentially that the product is not designed to be to, to be used the way it was used. They won the lawsuit, um, and then Brooks, just today, online, changed the Omegle front page to this very long farewell. I'm going to read portions of it here because it is very common. It's a very common story when it comes to these people that found websites that are either that wind up either being harmful or things like that. It, I didn't set out to do whatever, right? From the moment I discovered the internet at a young age, it had been a magical place for me. Growing up in a small town, relatively isolated from the larger world, it was a revelation how much more there was to discover and how many more interesting people and ideas the world had to offer. As a teenager, I couldn't just waltz onto a college campus and tell a student, let's debate moral philosophy. I couldn't walk up to a professor and say, tell me something interesting about microeconomics. But online, I was able to meet those people and have those conversations. I was also an avid Wikipedia editor. Well, there's red flag number one. <laughs> the internet opened a door to a larger, more diverse, and more vibrant world than I would have otherwise been able to experience and enabled me to be a participant in and contributor to that world. Moreover, as a survivor of childhood rape. Oh! Yeah. Uh, so, I, myself as a, a survivor of, of, of fathomable childhood trauma, the decided to enable it. I was under no illusion that only good people use the internet, but I knew that if I said no to someone online, they couldn't physically reach through the screen and hold a weapon to my head or worse. I saw the miles of copper wires and fiber optic cables between me and other people as a kind of shield, one that enabled me to be less isolated than my trauma and fear would have otherwise allowed. Yeah, the premise was straightforward. When you used Omegle, it would randomly place you in a chat with someone else. These chats could be as long or short as you chose. If you didn't want to talk to a particular person for whatever reason, you could simply end the chat and, if desired, move on to another chat with someone else. It was the idea of meeting new people distilled to its most platonic ideal. Building on what I saw as the intrinsic safety benefits of the Internet, users were anonymous by default. This made chats more self-contained and made it less likely that a malicious person would be able to track someone down off-site after their chat ended. Essentially saying like, oh, such, so many good things happened because of this, you know, Omegle's moderation. Apparently they worked with law enforcement agencies and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to help put evildoers in prison where they belong. There are people, in quotes, rotting behind bars right now. This, thanks. This, to there's, there's a little bit of this that feels like uh, like he's an FBI agent. Yeah. That, like found some mentally disabled Muslim guy <laughs> and and goaded him into oh, no. bully them to like make a <laughs> but I wonder how many children would not have been exploited or abused or anything like that if this website never existed. I get that feeling for every like person that they got their comeuppance for their, their despicable usage of this website. I imagine there were hundreds and hundreds that got away scot free. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so even though I have that little crotchety internet libertarian side of me, I really want to say to this guy, uh, what the fuck do you think was going to happen? 
kind of. The flaw of this is a fucking like season arc in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Here's some choice quotes from the closing bit of because it's a very long, it's very long. Oh, can, can I can I read my favorite? Oh, please, of, please, please. I've done my best to weather the attacks <laughs> with the interests of Amigos users and the Briar Principle in mind. If something as simple as being random new people is forbidden, what's next? <laughs> you can that is that. far and away removed from anything that can be considered a reasonable compromise. Of the principle I outlined. Analogies uh, are a limited tool, but a physical world analogy might be shutting down Central Park because crime occurs there. <laughs> or perhaps more provocatively destroying the universe because it contains evil. A healthy free society cannot endure where we are collectively afraid of children on the internet. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that last part. When yeah. we are collectively afraid of each other to this extent. <laughs> I was going to say, Wallace, Sean, eat your heart out. You're telling me that there are people on the internet f***ing people. No, sorry. I, I got to stop. Wallace, Sean. Wallace, Sean is those one of those impressions that you'll just keep doing. You'll do it all night. So he signs off. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to, for everyone who used Omegle for positive purposes. And to everyone who contributed to the site's success in any way, I'm so sorry I couldn't keep fighting. I'm sorry I couldn't keep the factory open. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know I know we provided jobs to all of the retired union welders with priors. I'm sorry we couldn't keep putting lead in breakfast cereal. <laughs> yeah. And we had to shut down the factory in Omaha. <laughs> the one that kept killing kids. I don't yeah. Know what happened I'm there. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, we had to take away the interactive exhibit at the jail. I, I, I have like no sympathy for this human being. Yeah. And I, mean, I have more sympathy for the bored ape fucking losers. Yeah. Because I mean, to a degree, at least they knew that an investment was a risk, I guess. Fuck this guy. Like, yeah. You, you yeah. created this. I'm sorry. My internet <laughs> site. I mean, really, that's what it was. All right. Well, it's only going to get worse before it gets better because it is now time for shock.jpg, Brian. More like piss out my ass. Indeed. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. There's been an interesting development in the world of shock sites. There's actually... <laughs> now that Omegle is, is shut down. Well, yeah. But no, there, there's a, a new player on the field, shocksites.net. I thought you were going to say mychild.com. No, god damn it. So shocksites.net is a group of guys that decided they want to bring back the classics. They want to bring back uh, the two girls of one a cup. Uh, they want to bring back uh, the goat. See, they want to bring back uh, the jar guy. So what they're doing is they're going through and they're compiling all the shock sites that that they recall from days of yore and they are bringing them back bigfoot proof we've covered bigfoot proof tub girl is that the really hairy guy that is the, yeah that is the big that Isn't is the, the one guy. we showed danny that is the one we showed danny uh you know some some classics uh hi to you of course soup slushy which i think is one of the vomiting ones they're bringing them all back they're bringing the good one. meat spin of course Lemon Party, Goatsy, Tub Girl, Two Girls, One Cup. I don't think we've done Tummy Tear. We have not done Tummy Tear. But today we're, we're going for a little bit of something different. We're going to go with, of course, a classic that I have not seen in years upon years. One Guy, Two Bulbs. Okay. I love their presentation on these shock sites, too, because they're doing a, a little bit of bait and switch. 
because they've got a clip art, almost like an emoji of just mm-hmm. like a guy. Oh, it's like that Memphis. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> corporate Memphis. <laughs> corporate Memphis stuff. And what's really funny is that these sites, if you have the uBlock origin extension in, uh, you have to turn it off and refresh the page to actually get the video to play. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, because like uBlock is like, oh, no, no, we're not doing this. Um, All right, so what is this? What is this terrible thing you're about to play for One me? guy, two bulbs is... Now, the lighter, I thought, was a strange touch. Because he's putting a firework in there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. And then there's another one up there. Uh, yeah, get your finger in there. Yeah, just... Make sure it's all gone. God, oh, Santa, Santa, Santa Claus is crying tonight. Oh. Woo. Okay. All right, man. Stop. Oh. Okay. I'm good. Oh, wait, ra- round wait. two. No. Oh, no. Is he coming for the firework again? I mean, you know what? I mean, props to him. I couldn't do this. Oh. That was a cleaner pop. That was a cleaner pop. So... Okay, I do. I do love the kill cam. Yeah, we got to go in for the second bite of the apple there. Uh, so the the video in question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I didn't know what was going to happen when I put a a Christmas ornament in my ass and then threw a firecracker right into the hollow. Oh no, my ass is bleeding. Oh, I'm so sad. Yeah, I, it, so that's exactly what it is. He, he stuffs it. Oh, I'm so ornament. sad that there's blood and broken glass in my asshole now. That's two minutes long. I don't think I even watched the whole thing since I first saw it because he does it twice. Like what, what I was saying, he's, he's going back for another bite of the apple there. Uh, uh, just I'm, Once is enough. You've done it. Why do you need to go back for it? Absolutely wrecking his hole. Oh, Jesus. Barnacle Jim ass motherfucker. <laughs> never, that hole is never going to heal. Ruined hole. Completely ruined. Um, hole ruined. <laughs> In the Dark Souls fun. Like, it's just... So, yeah, but I am excited about uh, Shocksites.net because they're, they're, doing, they're doing big things. They're on, they're on Twitter as Meatspin.com. So uh, go follow them because they're announcing. Excuse me. Because they're announcing new ones all the time. So hopefully they'll bring back uh, bring back some other ones so we don't have to always go to our good friends at the Screamer Wiki for information. Yes, on we, these. we have a new we have a new source. We have a new source. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. <sighs> Gosh. You know what? In, the holidays are almost here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only eighty something days to only, only only eighty more days uh, or the to put uh, uh ornament up your ass. <laughs> And sixty. I'm sorry, I did the 60, math on sixty wow. days. The years just flew flew by yeah, from really. all the stuff I've been putting in my butt. Yeah, that's true. I'll do it. Gosh, my <laughs> poor girlfriend. <laughs> that's all right. It's okay. Well, honey, honey, one, honey, which one should I put in my butt next? Oh, go for the one that has the tree on it. Oh, okay. Okay. At least the base is flared, I guess. Mm, anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this one, at least. Mm. <laughs> Christmas t- Christmas ornament ass play. Oh. God, this this Hallmark movie got weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ass blasted for this, Christmas. This big marketing uh, executive <laughs> came back to her small town <laughs> to turn her, her, uh, her high school crush into a sub. <laughs> <laughs> this soft dom mommy has the returned. Yeah. The meaning of Christmas is dogs don't wear pants. Oh. <laughs>
Before I get put on the naughty list, let's do ourselves a breath mint, shall we? It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. Ryan, what's been on your plate this <sighs> not week? Not much, man. Not much. Sexy red piece. It's in the hopper. I believe that's probably going up uh, tomorrow. Right. So that should be up by the time uh, we get this out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be done. I end up, you know what? Uh, 1600 words. That's pretty good. 1600 words about a 37 year old white guy that still listens to backpacker hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> went to a sold out mainstream hip hop show and was like, huh. Interesting. Well, this is, well, yeah. Isn't this fun? Better than that spin piece. Much better than Much that better spin than piece. Okay. So that's going on. I think the only thing I really I have for the rest of the month, I think I, I might be covering Stavros Halkius's. Uh, oh, Stavi baby! Uh, at the factory, I'm gonna have to give Stryker a little bit of shit when he's on the show because he was one of the people when I told him because I saw Stav perform in New Orleans in 2019. That was early October 2019, and so it's this Halloween party we normally go to. Stryker was there with mm-hmm. his girlfriend, some other people from the comedy scene. I was like, yeah, Stav. Stavros from Come Town. He's looking to have a show here in St. Louis. You you know any you know anyone? He's like, oh, he's really funny. No one would ever come and see him in St. Louis. That would be mm. that would be a waste of time and money. Mm. And he just sold out the factory, basically. Yep. And tickets are reselling for four or five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back the wrong proverbial horse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's definitely a feeling in St. Louis of, of people that are connected to scenes outside of here. That like kind of know what's popping in Chicago or Atlanta or any other market that isn't here. It's basically like, yeah, I know this is really cool, and I know this person is doing sold out, you know, small rooms all over the all over the country. But St. Louis is too fucking stupid to get it, which yeah. is usually true. I've seen some really amazing bands perform to five or ten people. Yeah, same. Anyways, I've been playing uh, State of the K two. Okay. Have you? Are you? I'm not familiar with the State of Decay games. No, but I, I understand they're fairly popular for the genre. So, first State of Decay was a pretty popular. You know, as much as an indie game could be indie, as far as being published by Microsoft, where it's just kind of like a zombie survival game, and okay. you have a base and you build stuff in the base that give you different perks, and you go out into the towns and you search houses and find materials and stuff, and you try to then move to. Bigger and better places. Okay, so like a base building survival horror mashup. Yeah, when characters die, they really die. XCOM style, okay. Yeah, so most people that play State of the K, one or two, for any amount of time, usually have a story about how they had a character that was like the leader of the group, and they bit off more than they could chew, and this person had really good stats that made this run, this campaign, go together fucking lost all those stats lost all those perks and then like okay when well i have to shift mm-hmm. and that's uh that's kind of like part of the narrative of playing it um it's fine it's janky undead games who published first and second game or developed the first and second game there's supposed to be a third one coming out but there's been accusations that undead games is like really toxic place to work and yeah, it's been development hell so i don't think there's ever going to be a third one if i had to take a wild guess but the second one makes some good improvements it's it's kind of cozy in its okay. way. Like I kind of need something that wasn't super involved. Like I could just kind of play at my leisure. A pick up and go game. Yeah. yeah. But the amount of jank, just to, just to put it in perspective, is that the first time I played it and you get to the first area, there's certain dialogue that's supposed to happen with the characters in the base. So you can then move on to the game. 
but the first time I was in this situation, the dialogue never happened, so certain things never triggered. Oh, wow. So um, I just thought, like, oh, I guess this game sucks, and I was just kind of fucking around <laughs> for a while, and I, I quit, and I came back into it, and it restarted me in the base, and all of a sudden, all those conversations that were supposed to happen, like, happened, like, on top of each other. Oh, no. And then, like, oh, okay, now, like... Now um, I can progress. Because yeah. there are these evil, like, hearts or whatever. There's, like, ten of them in each map. And the goal is to kill each one of those, but they're really tough, and they draw out these zombies that can give you a, a blood plague, which can kill you really fucking dead. So there's some strategy to that, but like the 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 evil hearts or whatever never manifested for me because those dialogue triggers never happened. So like it was a really weird way to start the game because it only like half started until oh, wow. I quit and started up again. Huh. But it's it's interesting. Um, it's 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 fun. I'm just really boring right now. I, I'm sure right. in a week or two I'll have more going on. Uh, what what's up with you, Jason? What you got? What, are you, what media are you consuming? I have consumed a lot of media this past week. I think really just trying to get outside my head for a while, and so I picked up a couple of games pretty cheap. One of which was Wanted Dead. Have you heard? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? I've heard of this. It's essentially, it's a game from the group who did the original Ninja, uh, not the original, did, did the Xbox era Ninja Gaiden games. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, this one, not so much. The basic plot is that you're a uh, a secret group of the cops called Reaper Squad, and your whole deal is that you're really good with a sword and a gun. Uh, none of the gameplay matches up with anything the cinematics do. The voice acting is all over the place. The lead that you play as has this super thick German accent. It's just, it's very off-putting. Some of the dialogue sounds like it was recorded in somebody else's bathroom. It's very odd. There's pointless minigames that do nothing for you. There's a skill tree system where you will max it out after the second of eight levels. So you'll be like fully overpowered by the second level. It's just, they're trying to do 15 million different things and none of them hit. The mini games, especially, they feel like they're ripped straight out of the Yakuza series, but without all the other stuff that makes the Yakuza games good. You know, there's a crane game, but all it gets you is like figures of the characters in the game that you're playing. And if you, if it's the first time you get one, you get like a hundred points in your skill tree. Well, by the time you unlock this, you have enough points to have bought everything in the skill tree. So there's no point to it after that. There's a whole uh, side scrolling shoot 'em up that gets unlocked midway through the game that, again, has no bearing on anything. Complete time waster. The loading screens are the super hot fire meme. It's this looping thing of the super hot fire meme. And it's just like, that's the loading screen. It tries to do a story about, you know, robots rising up and da 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 But it's so confused about what it wants to be. It's not even like an endearing mess. Like... What is the one? Uh, the, the, the Twin Peaks ripoff. You know what I'm talking about, too. It's, I know what you're talking about because it just had like its own janky sequel. Deadly Premonition. Deadly Premonition. Thank you. At least so, Deadly Premonition had its just, own charms. Just, but yes, just, the just Twin Peaks was here. Because yeah. I don't know when I'll ever tell this. But I have a friend that loves the food at Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. And he's not a person that is like into objectifying women or anything. But there is just something about the food at Twin Peaks, it really sets them off. Pre-pandemic, we would go there probably a couple times a year. And it was always just like really weird because me and him and whoever else we went with, 
did not look like the average person that would be like be going to Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks yeah. in West County on Saturday because we weren't like bro dudes. Right, and, right. But I would always see there would always be like some fat hot dog neck motherfucker in an Infowars shirt. They had like an island bar in the middle of the restaurant. And there was always like some shitty fucking dad with his kid. You know, definitely like just because I have to deal with your ass this Saturday doesn't mean I ain't looking at no goddamn titties. I'm looking at them titties there. Yeah, how you doing in school? You see them? Them's titties. You see them titties? Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. So deadly <laughs> premonition. Guys, yeah. I just like I yeah, just no, the, you don't see people in Infowars sh- shirts in the Midwest that often, I feel. But when you do, it's like it's a motherfucker yeah. you'll never forget. It's yeah, like the yeah. first time you ever saw someone like puking at a gas station. Yeah. Not every day, but the first when time you, you ever saw a, an animal get hit by a car. Right. <laughs> Uh, so th- that game kind of sucks, um, but the other game that I played, a little bit better, it's called the Callisto Protocol. Yes. So th- this is another one where it's like a team that worked on a good game, and they're going to do their own thing. Well, in this case, it was a team that worked on the original Dead Space. What's unfortunate is that Callisto Protocol is essentially Dead Space 4. That's Down to everything. Every little bit is Dead Space 4. It looks great. PS5 runs it like a dream. The, the visuals are really outstanding. And there's a real elegant simplicity. The fact that there's no HUD, a real survival horror intense feeling of some of these really cramped environments and you're kind of stuck in this deadly situation. But it's also just like, yeah, this is Dead Space. I played this. <laughs> Why am I doing this again? So that those were kind of my disappointments. I'm still waiting to get Remnant 2, but I've been striking out lately as far as games go. I think I'm just going to have to go back and actually finish Alan, the Alan Wake remaster and then just wait for uh, 2 to come down in price. That's Yeah, my, I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of really great things about Alan Wake 2. And Al, I remember the, playing the original Alan Wake on Xbox mm-hmm. and um, finding a lot of things I liked about it. It's charming. It's got great charm, great vibe. Mm-hmm. What's really fucking weird is visiting. Well, I went to visit my brother in Portland a couple of years ago. We stopped at some like uh, conservatory place. It was next to an uh, electro uh, hydro dam. Okay, and it's the exact same fucking dam from Alan Wake. And that like, I had to like try to explain to right. my girlfriend at the time, my brother, like this is fucking crazy. This is this is in a video game. Yeah, that's in the Pacific Northwest, and yeah. they're like, "What? What? Alan Wake? What game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the the game that that had the Duracell batteries." Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Hey, they used a real life place. That's pretty cool. I saw two great movies over the weekend. Well, one good movie. I was going to say well, one no, good I, I movie. I see what you have here on the on yeah. the ledger. <laughs> I can't imagine that one of these well, is good. Well, we'll start with the the one that I was talking about last week. Five Nights at Freddy's. I went into it thinking it was going to be complete ass, and I was pleasantly surprised. I'll put it that way. I was pleasantly surprised. Again, it's a PG thirteen horror movie. Can't really expect too much out of it. You're not going to get the vavitch out of it. You're going to have at least a decent time. Josh Hutcherson, who, if you remember the Hunger Games movies, he played PETA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, Matthew Lillard living it up, do, doing the thing. He gets to be, spoiler alert, he gets to be the bad guy in the movie. Love it. I knew really not a lot about the lore, which is all my kids could talk about for months before this movie came out. And that didn't matter because you were able to follow along. It's pretty decently paced. It's got some interesting ideas about like, dream therapy and and the psychologist who talks to the kid in the movie 
actually knows her stuff, or at least they consulted with someone who knew their stuff. And so there's some stuff that like feels real enough. That feels right. Yeah. And the Jim Henson company created the animatronics. And so, and so they look good. They kind of, they look real to a degree and that's great. You always love to see that in a movie where something that's supposed to be, you know, a real thing looks like a real thing as opposed to looking like creepy and fake. You know, there's a scene where uh, one of the animatronics bites someone in half. So <laughs> you can't really fault it for trying something interesting. And it you're trying to condense five games worth of backstory into a single cohesive story. And it managed to do it pretty well. It had some pretty neat moments there. And, and they used the song by the romantics uh, and talking in your sleep to great comedic effect. Some really interesting stuff there. And there's also a flying cupcake that kills people. So you can't really, uh, Okay, that doesn't sound as bad. It's not as bad as as all that. But it's not as good as the Nicolas Cage movie. Fair enough. Yes, Willy's Wonderland was a better film. Just overall. Uh, But you can't fault him for trying something, at least trying to eke out a few bucks from something that inspired that. Trump's going to need all the money in the world. (laughs) If we're going to defeat Genocide Joe. God, did he call him that? Or is that just... That's just what people have been calling him. Oh, man. Gosh, I mean, no, I, I, I've I heard it. Say, I, we're about a year out here from the election, and I'm sorry, this is incredibly cynical and black pill to me, but I don't see a world where Donald Trump doesn't win the next election. So I'm getting all my abortions in. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, you got to get them now. But I guess. you know, at least crypto scam of the week's going to be really funny. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be endless. I'm I, I doing my whole like uh, punk rock's going to be so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get some great art out of this. Amanda Palmer-ass thoughts. All right. And Amanda Palmer-ass thoughts. What if this what if this dog shit in my mouth? <laughs> and the dog was was called ideology. Yeah. And then someone else could take that very same thing and just replace like ideology with like woke. They made the dog shit woke. woke. Yeah. Dog shit don't look like it used they to. They made the dog shit woke. <laughs> People. Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer. <laughs> this dog shit on the bottom of my shoe is woke. When I was a kid growing up in Pascogee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We would do all kinds of fun stuff with, with dog shit. The do- uh, we'd throw it in the pool <laughs> when the blacks tried to get in there. Uh, <laughs> the dog shit used to be white, Mr. Producer. The dog's. And our town have phosphorus issue because of the <laughs> silica mines. Uh, and the other thing for the uh, bile breath- issue. I'm sorry. Their bile ducts were bad, which is why their feces were white. So the other thing I have for this week, I can't even get through it, uh, is uh, the movie called Bottoms. Probably not familiar with the movie Bottoms. I've dated a few. Hey, yo. Uh, so <laughs> it's a, a lesbian rom-com Slash well, with, with Stavros Halkius's uh, ex girlfriend. Yes, but it's also like slash a parody movie. Yeah, I heard it's like a parody of teen movies, but also its own thing. Yeah, it's it's an interesting hybrid of a, like a bunch of different things. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is in it. Yeah, for an extended period of time, and apparently just riffs. He's funny as shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was impressive. Like, I think to all, me. almost all of his dialogue is improvised. In some it level. wouldn't surprise me because it does feel very off the cuff. He's the teacher that's like going through a divorce and these these girls convince him to be the proctor for their after school club, which they originally envision as a self-protection club. But really, it's a fight club so they can get close to the cheerleaders 
and fuck them. That's the idea. Exceptional. That's the idea is that they're going to have this after school club. I knew I knew at least two theater girls in high school that that would have if they if they had the opportunity would have done something like that. Yeah, it does it, it that's why I like the movie so much cuz it does feel very real. <laughs> In that way that, like, yeah, this oh. kind of is the scheme that Oh, your someone... boyfriend's such an asshole? Right. Mm-hmm. Come to the Tivoli and watch uh, Scare Darkly with me. <laughs> I would never treat you like that. The cast is mostly unknowns, with the exception, of course, of Marshawn Lynch and a few of the adults. But, like, boy, what a hoot. I highly recommend it for anyone who's looking for a good raunchy uh, teen sex comedy there's a lot of great running gags. Uh, I heard it's fantastic. I've, I've been looking forward to seeing it. And it has this fucking completely bonkers third act where, where one of the girls from the fight club has now just started like building bombs. <laughs> and so, like, what the fuck? I like that. I like yeah, that a lot. It goes I... completely off the rails, but then it has this wraparound ending that is very teen movie is very you know like it has a little bit of that like mean girls bite too yeah it's trying to do both things it's trying to be a satire but it's also trying to be a very earnest teen movie fantastic i i cannot recommend bottoms enough yeah um i do have one more yeah watch the original terrifier Mm. uh, over the last the previous weekend i still have not seen those so there's there's technically three movies i forget what the first one is i Saw Terrifier 2 first with my girlfriend and really enjoyed it. But there's just enough going on in the second Terrifier movie that's connected to the first one where you're like, I think I'm missing a little bit of context here. It's not ruining my enjoyment of the film, but it is perhaps hampering some of my understanding of certain things that are going on. So watch the first one. And the first one is such an incredible lo-fi, low-budget movie. It has like three locations. So many of the the people that are in the movie for a couple minutes really do feel like, hey, my cousin's got like a really <laughs> funny voice, yeah. or he's, or my my uh, oh oh dude, my friend's sister, she screams really well. Okay, like very much feels like friends and family, friends yeah. and family. Yeah. Lots of favors being called in. I think it had an Indiegogo campaign or something like that. It feels like they're squeezing every little bit out of the bu- what little budget they have, and they uh, there's some success there. Okay, there's some really impressive gore you kind of know where certain things are going to go but then it subverts a little bit and then and like no that person was gonna die don't worry okay <laughs> so it does it it tries to have yeah. it both so, ways i mean if you're not familiar with the terrifier movie, movies they, yeah. they revolve around this evil clown named art the clown okay who is a mime okay a, a silent clown sure. and he will do things like burn someone alive or like cut up their stomach and then like play with their guts and like laugh. Ooh. And, uh, all right. It's, it's pretty good. The guy who plays art, the clown um, is incredibly animated. And even though he's wearing some heavy prosthetics is still finding ways to be very emotive hmm. and uh, sadistic. Like it is, is it a character that is humorous and it's, it's vulgarity, okay. but also somehow terrifying at the same time. Like it really plays a couple different directions very well. Huh. First terrifier. If you're a fan of weird junkie, uh, horror films, uh, please go watch it. And terrifier two has a, uh, you feel, you can feel a better budget coming out of that one. It's a lot of fun as well. And apparently they're making a third terrifier, oh my. which is going to have a, a similar tone to the first one. 
I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they do. I feel like there's not a lot of directions to go with kind of like the gory horror stuff anymore. Yeah. But it, every once in a while, you'll get uh, some people who are very passionate about it and they, they eke out uh, some new some new stuff. Yeah, you'll get a you'll get a Mandy or you'll get a you know, yeah or the Vich or yeah. Bo is afraid. No, <laughs> very different. Very large. Very different. If you're afraid that. of if you're if, if you're in a world where you only want to see small nuts, <laughs> it's a terrifying terrifying movie. movie. Yeah, all the nuts are large and the sky is great. Um, all the nuts are large. large. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that. Well, uh, this is the part of the program where we tell people where to find us online. Brian, where can they tell you their favorite uh, FNAF lore? If you want to be on the internet. <laughs> God, no. Yeah, okay. Where can they find you? I'm very naive and uh, and my trust is easy. Yeah. Very easy to get. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, threads, Instagram, and Blue sky, blue sky, blue sky. Guy, remember that? That's still around. Yes, it is. Yes, is, it, is. Is, is this where you go to like a juniper post, or you like? Oh, this is the same same tweet uh, as Citron made. Yeah, or yeah. same post as Citron made on, on on Twitter, but it's over here and it's different. Um, <laughs> is this is basically like yeah. It's just it's I don't know. Man. I do it. I I, I cross post to both sides because yeah. you, you never know. I will never post hog on, on blue sky. Good. I, just, I just don't feel like there's don't. enough exposure. Yeah. Anyways, Instagram threads, blue sky, Twitter, I shock ED board, I S H O T G U I D B O R D. If you want to check out my photography portfolio, it's asshole music photographer.com. You want to check out some foes with words. I do sometimes it's a music photographer.com. Hey. Uh, if you want to check out, uh, Ammo and the Sniffers foes, mm. right up. Sexy Red foes and right up. TheArtsSTL.com. There's some good shit going on over there. We've got some mm-hmm. good movie reviews going up. Great concert photography from people that aren't me and some great photography from people that are me. <laughs> uh, Jason. Yeah. Well, you can find me uh, many places. Video crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. Chances are, if there's a video crime, that's me, with the notable exception of TikTok and Instagram there. I am Laser Goose CEO. That's Laser with an S. I do a Substack. I, I write about an article a week. That's golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. You can reach the show, 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Email us, Jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Brian with a Y at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Give us a call, 314-246-9766. That's 314-AHOY-POO. You can also support the show, patreon.com slash four, eight minutes of dogs. And we're also four, eight minutes of dogs on most social media sites as well. Uh, we really only post there for things like show announcements or uh, the random gag or goof of the week or something like that. So beware of that. <sighs> Anyways, folks, we're That's joining the... the IDF. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, do tune in next week. We will be joined by the always lovely Rory Blank. Oh, Rory Blank's coming on here. Yeah. He's uh, uh, the world's first talking T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the very the same. T- the T-shirt that loves to suck on clits. <laughs> He's also responsible for my favorite T-shirt, which is the Junji Ito uh, uh, Looney Tunes crossover. And it's <laughs> yeah. Porky Pig coming out of the girl's head going, that's all, folks. But as for the rest of you, we will say only this. Namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Bye.